Hello, and welcome to another episode of Endeavors. On today's show, I speak with filmmaker Sophie Dupuis on her new film, Souterrain. Also, singer-songwriter Jen Grant talks about her brand new Christmas album that's coming up on Endeavors. You're listening to Endeavors Radio with your host from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Dan McKee. Well, hello. Happy Sunday. I am officially on hiatus from my job for the next month, so hopefully I can get back to posting these on their regular schedule, at least for the next month. Today I'm continuing my coverage from the Whistler Film Festival. You may remember I've aired interviews with Carl Basai and Nils Mueller. Uh, I'll also have upcoming interviews with Kenny Liu, Julia Sarah Stone, Sophie Harvey and Casey Novak, and Remy Girard. But today is French-Canadian filmmaker Sophie Dupuis, whose new film, Souterrain, recently premiered at the Whistler Film Festival. Souterrain is Sophie's second film. Her first feature was Chien de Garde, which premiered in 2018 and was selected as Canada's submission for Best Foreign Language Film at the 91st Academy Awards. Dupuis is from Val d'Or and studied both at Concordia University and Université du Québec at Montréal. Chien de Garde was nominated for eight Prix Iri Awards at the 20th Quebec Cinema Awards, including a Best Director nomination. As I mentioned, her second film is Souterrain, and it was shot in Val d'Or, her hometown, and deals with the mining community in small town Quebec. I spoke with Sophie last weekend about filming in her hometown and what it was like going down a mine. This is my conversation with Sophie Dupuis. Sophie Dupuis, hello, bonjour. Hello, hello, ça va bien? You're going well? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm over here uh, on the West Coast. It's a little bit wet and a little bit rainy, but, uh, you oh, know, yeah. caseload, caseloads are low, so that's good. We, we, we have a lot of snow here. I'm, uh, oh. I'm in Val d'Or, the oh, place yeah. where I shot my film and it's, uh, it's snowy all the way. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, your, your film Souterrain, uh, takes place in Val d'Or. Mm -hmm. Um, setting the, the, was there a specific impetus for setting the film in sort of the area you grew up in? Well, it, it was my inspiration. So it was, and in Quebec, there's, it's not every uh, place that you can, that you have like mines. So for me, it was really my, my inspiration. And uh, everyone in my family worked in mines and even my mother as a nurse. So um, yeah, that, that's the, 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 the first place where that idea came from. So. It's interesting because even, you know, French Canadian cinema is, is its own distinct culture. But when we see films, they're either, you know, Montreal, Ville de Québec, you know, maybe just, mm -hmm. just outside those cities. We don't see a lot of smaller town That's uh, right. Quebec cities. What, wh why do you think that is? What is it about smaller town Quebec that maybe makes it m m different to, to Ville de Québec or Montréal? Yeah, well, first, it's uh, it's really far, like Val d'Or is far, it's really like, it's six hour drive. And 
it's really it's more expensive to shoot there because you have to bring all your team and pay for their housing and um, everything so it's really just very expensive so it's a really like you have to take the decision to go there and pay for all this or sometimes like recreate the la région the the the, the little city near montreal which is for a lot of person it's uh it's an option it's a good option but for us it, it wasn't so uh so it was uh really expensive for us to go there but it was um I think it, it 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 was worth it, and there was not there were not mines anywhere else. So, for a lot of people, it's just not possible. You know, it was funny. I I was reading the de the description, and it it said it's surprising that this is one of the f sort of first Canadian films that has been mm -hmm. set in kind of this environment. You know, in the mines, and we think of mines, we think of a lot of small towns. Why do you, why do you think that is? Considering Canada does have such a rich yeah mining industrial history that, that no one's made this type of film before? Well, I think at first you you have to to get interested interested in that subject. You have to to get info information or inspiration around you because it's really not accessible. It's it's um it's uh, even here uh people don't go underground as they would like to. It's really people who work on the ground who see this universe and I, I got the chance um, when I was in university my father uh, bring me uh, underground uh, when he was uh, doing uh, working so he, he, he brought me and I was like wow and it, I was like 20 years old and I never went underground before and it was the first time so first it's not accessible we don't have the like an idea what's happening on the ground and um uh, we shot in mines that that were in in production so uh, we were really like um they they got to to get like 20 30 person on the ground and it was really complicated for for them to do it while they were uh working and producing uh, so um they, they did it because it was me, because they, they knew me since I was like really young and they saw like the, the love I have for them in the, in the script. So they said, if it wasn't you, we would never read your script because we don't have time for that. But they did it because it was me and they, they, uh, they, got, uh, they, they gave a lot of um, like, it was it was complicated really for them and I, I'm really grateful because uh, it was big you know in, in in the press release it says that the uh, the mine collapse scenes rival any Hollywood film and I know you had a very limited budget does does having certain restrictions you know whether it's budgetary or you know or or just the environment that you're in does that breed better creativity because you 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 have to improvise more you, you don't have as many tools available um i wouldn't say that because um <laughs> <laughs> it was really complicated and we came really prepared but we had to cut and cut and cut every day because everything was more complicated than we that we thought so uh sometimes it was really like we were running and when i was like coming from underground every day i was like do i have everything i don't even know that was so like it was crazy every day was really really crazy so for the underground i would say no you prefer to have a big budget <laughs> but it's it's true that sometimes you 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 get more creative um but for underground i would say eh, that's not a good idea <laughs> Do you do you in in some ways then for you is is this film sort of a, a love story to to the working class? Mm. I think for me it's kind of a an homage for all those people that like all my family and people around me who worked in mine and um, it's it's really a different kind of life that I have and um, um, it. I really like respect this passion they have for that for that 
uh, job and this industry and it, it really and the, the industry treat them re- very well so they're really like they're great, grateful and they're happy to go on the ground every day and it's it's crazy you, you sometimes when you're um, working day shift uh, in the winter you don't even see like the sun lights every day because you go on the ground before it shine and come from underground every day uh, and the sun is gone so it's 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 a really like it's um how do you say that it's kind of a you you give yourself to you, yourself to that industry and they love it and they're and every time i was like they can't really love that i can't believe it and every day i was i when i was doing my research I was asking, do you love your job? And people, people were like with stars in their in their eyes, and they were, yes, I love it. I wouldn't do anything else. I, I like. They have tattoos on their bodies of the the machinery, the 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 tools they are using because they are really in love with that. So it's it's, I I find it really beautiful, and yeah, you know it. A lot of films that where we see mine collapse or, or people working in mines, they tend to go into the, the action disaster type of, of genre um, a little bit. Do, do you consider this film a, a disaster film at all? No, not really, because uh, I, 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 I know that people um, always like resume my film with with this. But for me, it's not only that. And it's it's really like the 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 fraternity that uh, unite all those men and the, the for them it's like it's a little family and they they you don't want to see anybody get hurt about like uh, um, in in the mines so so for me it was like more like a, a um, friendship story than a disaster <laughs> movie so the 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 important part of the the accident the 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 is uh for me is the their their the importance that they have to bring everybody up and and um without getting hurt hurt and yeah so so for me it's more that than sorry my english is so bad today <laughs> i don't know what's happening but uh, Sometimes we have better days, <laughs> but yeah. So, so it's it's more a friendship story. It, it, it's interesting. You use the word fraternity, and it strikes mm-hmm. me that mining is still very much a male centric yeah. and, and a male dominated profession. And I'm just curious, you know, going down there, probably you know, being one of a few women surrounded by men and just sort of how how did that environment go what was that type of conversation like it's 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 interesting because being a woman director is kind of special too so it was like uh, about being a woman director too and being on the ground as a woman and being the boss of everything so <laughs> but it was it was it was it was really okay and people like all the the miners they they, when we were having conversation, they were like, oh, "Okay, you know the, you know what's happening here, and you you did your homework, and you, you know what you're talking about." So, so I guess I impressed them uh, enough for them to <laughs> to respect me. But um, no, it was a uh, it, it was really beautiful because they 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 saw all the curiosity and the 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 interest that all my team. Uh, had for their for their job and their passion so it was a really um, nice relation between us of um, we were we were showing them how a movie was made and they were showing us like their their passion and their job and they were really like pride uh, proud and um, uh, were uh, there was a because they, they played in the movie too they were like um, extras and uh, they were always around us and we were uh, asking them questions for my mise en scène and uh, so they they help a lot and they they were really really proud and um, that was a really nice um, exchange that we uh, we got yeah 
I, I know that you're uh, that the premiere for this film got canceled a couple of times yeah. due, to, due to everything that's happened this year. Uh, you had a festival and then you had a drive in and now here you are premiering it virtually. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how, how has that been for you just sort of not knowing when people are actually, you know, are going to see it and now finally here it is? Yeah, um, well, it was it was hard, but for me, it's like I feel like I'm um, I'm the one that got it easy in the pandemic. So so it was a uh, it was hard for me to to say I'm I'm not happy about that. But um, uh, I really I'm really excited for people to see it. Uh, but um, yeah, and we don't even know when we're gonna release it in Quebec uh, yet. So it's 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 a weird thing. But um, and I'm working very hard on the next one. So for me, Souterrain is kind of far in my head. But um, yeah, it's 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 easier to to um, uh, to leave to leave through that. Uh, when you're thinking about the fact that it's the uh, international problem for everyone so we got uh, all consequences in our life <laughs> i you know it's i i know your your last film uh chien de gare was uh submitted for canada's best foreign language film mm -hmm. at the oscars although i don't um did, did that make it difficult to follow up because that film had so much success? Did, did you feel a certain sense of pressure? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, sure. It was uh, really, I, I, I feel it more stressful for the second one because of that people were like, are, it's like people are waiting for um, Chien Garde 2. <laughs> it's always like that. They, they want to see like the same thing or people uh, want to know if you, if you got like that beginner chance with the first film and um, so I was, and it's so different from my first one, this this film. So I was, um, yeah, I was really stressed, and um, I. But people seems to love my film, so I'm happy. <laughs> I'm less stressed now because I got like really good uh, feedback. But yeah, it, it's. Um, I thought with the first one, I was like like playing my career I was like but I think it, it's 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 more with that this one that's how happening because if 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 people think it's good I I'm I'm good to go for <laughs> the rest <laughs> you know we, we we talked about Quebec's distinct cultural identity and I think even within Canadian cinema some of the best films I see come out of Quebec. You know, you've got mm. people like Denis Villeneuve, Jean-Marc mm -hmm. Vallée, who have really uh, made it. What is it about your province that you think b just breeds time and time again great art? That's that's a good question. Um, maybe there's a cultural thing because we're we're kind of unique. That um, and and we think that we have like something special to say, and it's gives us like a, um, the energy to do it, the motivation to do it. I don't know, but ah, that's a good question. I, don't, uh, I would like to, to know because, uh, <laughs> no, but um, I don't know, but there's so much talent. It's, it's, it's really impressive. So yeah, that's a good question. If, if you got answer for from that i i want to know <laughs> what you people know, think <laughs> it, it's interesting i've i spent two summers in quebec uh mm. one in montreal and then one in uh, jonquiere mm -hmm. um and i know you're you're from a, a relatively small town in in, in valdor that's isolated growing up in that environment how how does that affect your creativity do you think um well it, it's 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 sure it it's um, impossible that it doesn't like um, change something and because it's it it have a lot to do with with the person that I am and and I think that when you're watching a movie you're watching through the the eyes of the artist that made the film so um, there's probably a lot of Valdor in my eyes and in the way I. I see the world and um, 
I know that uh, I, I'm, I kind of think that it's not my last um, time that I will, I will talk about like a small town or something like that. I'm not sure, but it's part of my imagination since I'm like very young and I'm writing since I'm re really young. So clearly the, the artist in me like take um, my uh, roots here. So it's, I, it's probably mostly in the subjects that I'm interested in or um, the way I perceive a family or things like that. It's, it, it, it has a, a big place. I'm sure I can't like put like um, really specific things, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's my roots, so <laughs> sure. You know, you, we, we talked about a lot of great Quebec directors and they start off in French and then eventually work their way into mm -hmm. English language cinema. Yeah. Is that something that's in your future, do you think, making an English language film? I would, yeah, maybe, maybe, um, uh, yeah, and I think uh, I'm. I really, I'm really interested in in actors. That that my my um, um, favorite thing about making a movie is working with actors. And um, what's interesting in uh, the English uh, option is that there's a a lot of uh, possibilities with actors so that that excite me a lot and um <laughs> and uh, yeah the the fact that the the market is bigger in english but for me it's really important to continue to do films in french and in in the quebec language because it's my culture and i want to be a part of it and i want to be a part of you know the, the um, um make it uh, shine around the world that language that is uh, maybe like in couple of years will maybe we're gonna see like the beginning of the disappearance of that language so for me it's really important to continue in French too mm. you know we we've talked about the the pandemic a little bit I'm curious if if you've thought about how you think the pandemic is affecting the miners because you know they are in such a, a close space with with each other Yes, they they are in a close space when they're going down underground in the cage, the kind of elevator. Uh, but they, yeah, they put uh, they they they're the industry that um, started the most fastly uh, when we were uh, confined, and um, they they put like plastics in the the cage. And after when you're working, so they're working a lot like alone underground um so uh it's not so bad but they they managed to restart the thing very fastly so um we don't have to be like um uh we don't have to to to, to be scared for them because uh, they manage it and uh, <laughs> a mine uh, should run every day so <laughs> And um, they they test everybody, I think, every day, so or some things like that. So they they don't want to be on the on the break. <laughs> you 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 mentioned you know when we talked about your career about you know your your love of actors. Are there? Do you ever do you ever find yourself writing a script for a specific actor or talent, or have you thought about is there is there somebody that you really want to work with on on your next projects? Well, um, yes, I can talk about it <laughs> right now, but um, uh, yeah, there, there. I it's my first time that I'm writing for someone for my next film, and um, not for, but very, very inspired by. And um, um, but it was really important before to keep my option open because I think you can do like really interesting um discovery uh, when you're doing casting I, I i do a lot of castings months and months so sometimes i discover people i'm like wow i never thought about this person but it's my first time i'm writing for so inspired by someone and um yes i think uh, it's gonna be interesting <laughs> does, does that change your process at all uh what does does writing for somebody or, yeah. or writing with a specific mm. person in mind does that change your process? Um, 
not really but the thing the interesting for my new my new script is um i do a lot of um repetition before the sh the shootings so with my uh, first uh, movies i discover how an actor can bring a lot to a movie uh, by when they're uh, getting in that character and uh, I changed some things from my previous films uh, when we were rehearsing together with the, the actors. And um, um, I want to, uh, for, for the next one, I want to bring the actors uh, when I'm writing. So that's what I'm doing already. And uh, there's an actors already with us who's uh, reading every version and um, commenting the version, commenting about the the, the character, and um, that, and he knows he's uh, like participating to the writing, and that's really interesting, and that brings a lot because they are really good creator, they are really good artists, and sometimes I think we don't use them as like as they can be useful. So, um, and they, they really like to participate in the characterization of their character and, and um, it, it, it gets always, it always gets more like stuffy and interesting and rich. So um, that's what I'm doing uh, for the next one. And I think it's gonna bring a lot. Some people can get, you know, are maybe hesitant to watch a film uh, with subtitles. Uh, mm -hmm. what 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 would you uh, what would you say to those those people um for for me it's really like i'm always looking i'm always watching movies uh with subtitles so it's kind of a habit and habit to today for me but um um i think it's it's always interesting to hear the the language the 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 it's it's being connected with another part of the world so so it's i i think it's kind of a um how can i say that it's 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 just getting curious about another country or another language it's why not it's like it's fun to hear and um uh, see an actor um, playing in another language and getting those different their, those cultural differences and so for me it's it's always um, um, a nice experience to hear other um, and and uh, um, you know the le doublage le, when when actors are um, mouth, are saying the words on you know what I said what I meant yeah yeah that that's not interesting that's that's um um you're not you're not uh, seeing the real performance of the actors or subtitles is always the best uh, option and yeah so for canadian it's 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 you have to to know what's quebec languages i think so yeah <laughs> why not <laughs> you know here here you are premiering a a, a french language film at a festival on the west coast uh, i think it's the third largest now in in canada mm. what do you make of, of the state of our industry right now in canada um well i i think that one thing that we have to to maybe uh, rethink is uh, is distribution and how you um, connect with your your public and your audience and getting people from Canada interested in their movies and um, and the mix it, it will be interesting to, to mix more Quebec and Canadian and we don't see a lot we're not like we don't know a lot about Canadian movies and they don't know about ours so it's it's always like I think we have to mix more and getting to know each other <laughs> so that's that's the thing I'm I'm kind of um, when I think about the industry, I think we have to think about after the production too. And that's my the distribution, I think is the thing that we have to think and rethink. Yeah. So 
I would say that. <laughs> well, uh, this film is Soutarine, uh, and it premieres at the Whistler Film Festival. Yes. Sophie Dupuis, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks to you. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, have, have a good day. Stay safe over in Val d'Arc. Yeah, thank you and you too. Thanks for uh, and apologize for uh, yesterday. <laughs> no worries. I'm, okay. glad, I'm, I'm glad to be connected. All right. Yeah, me too. All right, Bye. Ciao. Bye. And once again, that was my conversation with Sophie Dupuis. Her new film is Soutache, and it recently had its first English Canadian premiere at the Whistler Film Festival. I'm taking a break from WIF for just one interview, and I'm going across the country to Halifax, Nova Scotia, where there lies a great folk pop singer-songwriter named Jen Grant. I remember speaking with Jen about four years ago when her album Compostela came out. I was pleased to speak with her again in regards to her new Christmas album, Forever on Christmas Eve. Besides the two aforementioned albums, she has also done Honeymoon Punch, Beautiful Wild, Echoes, Clairvoyant, Paradise, Love Inevitable, Orchestra for the Moon, and Jen Grant and Goodbye 20th Century. The Beautiful Wild won an East Coast Music Award for Song of the Year at the 2013 ECMAs. And she also won an East Coast Music Award for Pop Recording of the Year for that same record. Her album Honeymoon Punch was a long-listed nominee for the 2011 Polaris Music Prize and was shortlisted for a Juno Award in the Adult Alternative Album of the Year category in 2012. She has ingrained herself into the history of Canadian television due to her song Dreamer from album Orchestra of the Moon being featured as the theme song on the long-running show Heartland. In fact, Heartland is now Canada's longest ever one-hour scripted drama, having surpassed Street Legal in 2015 and it is just recently renewed for a 14th season. She also had her song Make It Home Tonight appear on the episode of the great Canadian show Flashpoint. Her new album is Forever on Christmas Eve, her foray into Christmas music. This is my conversation with Jen Grant. Jen Grant, hello. How's it going today? It is going well, thank you. You um, you have a Christmas album out. Uh, I do. Yes. Um, you know, cr- Christmas albums can always be uh, an interesting decision for a lot of art- artists to make. What, was this something that w- that was was on the agenda for you for a while? Um, we we talked about it for a while. My uh, my partner Daniel Ledwell he he wanted to. We made a lot of records together. He's a, a music producer, and um, he had been talking about it. And um, and then last Christmas we had this window of time that opened up, just like you know a couple of weeks or a month or something, where he thought he didn't have any artists around and that he to do it and we wanted to do it in the Christmassy season so that it would feel good as well like feel genuine I guess and um so so yeah I mean yeah we sort of loosely thought about it before you know um and uh it just the timing was really nice so so that's why we did it then is is, is there a, a different mindset when you go into the studio and you sing and record songs that are covers rather than ones that are your own um, it's kind of like a nice, interesting break. Um, I'm just going to fold the laundry <laughs> while we do this, because my house is a disaster. Um, 
from making the Christmas special here. Um, there, it's just like it's nice to um, to find songs that kind of feel like they suit your voice. Like sometimes when I write songs, they um, like I find sometimes other people's songs suit my voice in a different way or better or something than you know the ones I write. And um, kind of, it just kind of depends, but it's a uh, yeah, it's a nice change. One second, actually, I just have to make sure my friend is okay. Hi. <laughs> um, you know there there are hundreds of of thousands of carols and you know holiday songs to to choose from. How do you decide which ones you're going to do? What's that conversation like? Um, well, uh, we just thought about the songs that we love, um, the ones that made us feel nostalgic for our childhoods, for our families, and um. Yeah, just kind of, we were kind of going for this um, kind of old-fashioned classic Christmas record feel, sort of Patsy Klein inspired if Patsy Klein made a record now, what it would be like. Oh, you know, we tried to sort of follow that, follow that feeling. How, how much, I guess, if I can use the word, word extra goes into it, you know, because we, everyone knows the lyrics, but, but, you know, how much sort of other stuff do you add in terms of of instrumentation for 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 a, a song like a carol uh well we had drums we had bike bellier on drums and kyle conjac came out for a couple of days where they kyle played stand-up bass and and mike was playing drums and then danny played everything else on the record all i i sang that was all i did um and uh i was really pregnant and I also had a baby and I was in the house a lot and I kind of just like had to we just were like you know what just just get yeah just go up there and just like <laughs> play some stuff and I just really it just I kind of felt like this record in a lot of ways was was his record like his baby um and um so I just really wanted him to feel free like he could like he could play whatever he wanted because I knew the sound that he was going for and um we had discussed that and kind of we knew what we both wanted and um I just wanted him to feel like he could just like really play around you know and um and it was hard for us to be both up there all the time you know so so yeah so he I don't know how he decided what you know what he wanted to have on there but we almost called it a very melatronic Christmas because there's so many uh melatrons on it (laughs) There's no real strings or anything. And I know, I know you, you, you said you started recording it last year, and that was only about six months after you released your, your last album, uh, Love Ine- uh, Inevitable. What was it like for you, you know, going into the studio again so soon after you had released a previous album? Um, that's a short time. I didn't even, yeah, I was never, I never really calculated the time before, but, um, I mean, it was a really different experience. I mean, it was a very, like, home-based experience. I mean, um, like, going to Make Love Inevitable, like, I left the country. I was, like, alone. You know, it, it was such a different thing. It just felt more like a really, like, a family project, I guess, um, this one. And also, as I said, like, I was, you know, I, I really trusted Danny with so much of it. Like, usually when, always when I make a record, I'm, like, there for every single decision. And this time I wasn't because I just, like, couldn't really be because I was I can't like divide myself into 15 pieces and um but yeah I mean yeah I don't know that's kind of a short answer just felt like the right time to do it and I know interestingly like I know you you and Danny didn't do uh Love Inevitable together after making four previous ones and then you go back to working together um for 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 this album did was did did the nature of of the working relationship change at all given that that you you sort of had that gap in in producing something together uh no except for that i was that as no except for that he did so much of it on his own that's the way that's what was different about this record you know he really did so much of it he played all the music uh, he played everything (laughs) so the nature of it was like i'm gonna go make you a sandwich (laughs) because we don't have any help that was what it was like. Well, you know, yeah. on that, you know, on that note, and I know, like, 
I know that uh, you know just uh, about about a year before you you started on this album, uh, you you two had a had a kid. Um, how, mm-hmm. uh, congratulations! I know that he must be almost uh, two now. Um, almost two. We have two kids. How how has we that? We have two kids now. Two kids. Oh wow! I. Uh... Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like, I was really, really pregnant, and I had a baby. So that's why I was like, just play a bunch of music, Danny. Because, like, I couldn't, like, yeah, when we did the photo for the album cover, I was 10 months pregnant, and I, like, gave birth, like, the next day. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe, I think it was, like, two days later. Uh, uh, how... Like, I was almost, I was two weeks overdue when we did that photo. How how much just has your I guess your 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 career or your your relationship with each other with each other changed now that you you know are, are business partners but you also have have two kids together. I mean, I was telling my best friend yesterday that every day feels like every second is accounted accounted for, but right now I feel like every half a second is accounted for. Everything is so crazy right now, it's, and I know that any parent listening right now knows the same thing and and it's really fun and it's really crazy and like we're yeah like I'm really happy to be at like at home and not touring like I was supposed to be touring um this record and I'm really really happy like I'm really grateful for what the what gift I've received from this pandemic like I know that it's been awful for so many people but for for me I've been felt really fortunate because I've can just be in one place with my family while we try to like um put out this record like i don't know when you're airing this podcast but we're um airing a we're editing a like we're up super late editing this christmas special that we're gonna that's gonna um air tomorrow and um like we my house is a disaster (laughs) like we we had to like we filmed a christmas special in my house and and um it's insane. Everything is crazy. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I, you know, um, did I answer the question properly? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, I, okay. I'm curious because you know, I I know obviously the the pandemic has affected people in different ways, but for mm-hmm. you, for you as an you know not only as an artist but as a parent, has it caused you to reevaluate anything creatively? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm really reevaluating my priorities, like what I want, what is best for my family, um, in the way that like, I don't want to, I mean, I spent over a decade touring and having an amazing shows and amazing connections with the audience and, um, and a lot of time in a van and a car, like eating at like on, on routes or whatever in Ontario. And it's really, I I feel like I'm not going to go back. I'm never going to go back to like that. I feel like that's a chapter of my life that has, is shutting, but I'm like, I'm having ideas for creative projects like so much right now. I just feel kind of on fire with creative energy and I've been putting that into, well, right now I'm putting it into this Christmas special and I'm really excited about like, cause I'm not excited about zoom concerts really. I'm, ex- but I am excited about like making specials or making like, shows with music and stupid skits and stuff and um and painting and I you know I know that I'm going to keep making music and art but I just feel like I needed a shift and I'm taking it and it feels really good I think I'm allowed to do that what do you think the the music industry and 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 the concert industry is going to look like once we come out of this I mean, I think it'll be a little bit broken, but there'll be, or completely, I don't really know. I mean, I think there's a lot of people have had to be really creative and innovative in how to like survive as an artist. And we're really fortunate because we have a studio. My husband's a producer. Um, I'm like, we're both pretty, like, um, I don't want to use the word prolific about myself, but like, we don't know how to stop working because we're just kind of obsessed about it. Um, And... Um, pivoting is like people have been telling me lately that I'm really good at pivoting which I never used to describe myself either but I am pivoting you know and I'm happy about it Um, but 
yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be hard for a lot of people. And I think some people are just going to be like, how can I make this my own thing? Like, how, what can I do to like, you know, make this feel like I, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen to the music industry, obviously, but I, um, I hope that there'll be places to play shows. And if not, then I am going to like, I know that I'll like create something so that I can still play shows, but I don't want to, I don't want to like, tour the way I was before. I want to have like special shows and and like be at home with my kids as well and like do stuff from here. Do you think it people, fan society will uh, appreciate artists, art and artists more and do you think that yeah. and do you think that those who make art will also um, be more appreciative of, of the fans? I, I mean I've always been so appreciative appreciative of fans i never i never felt comfortable using that word but i'm sort of trying trying to use it like but i um i've always been so beyond appreciative because it's really their energy that like gives me the energy and like when i feel like i'm connecting with them or giving them something it fills me up and i i love them and that relationship is something i've been like building upon for over a decade and i value it so much um, but there's other ways that you can reach fans, you know, besides like being on tour. And, um, I think that it's true. I feel already kind of like this, sorry, my washing machine, my washing machine is going crazy. I don't know if you can hear it. I'm so sorry. This is the only quiet, quiet place in my house, but it's not quiet anymore. Um, I feel like this of, of new sound kind of understanding and respect maybe for artists that I didn't feel as, as strongly-ish as I do now, but it's different in different places. I, You know, if you tour, tour in Germany or something like, I haven't toured a lot in Germany, but I, I did a little bit for a while and you go there and they're just like, you know, there's like a spread of amazing food and an apartment and everyone's like waiting in a line to sign a picture of you that they've like printed somewhere and it's a whole different thing and it just, I think it kind of depends on the, on like your culture and where you are, but um, I do think that, um, that, I mean, I think besides artists, people are also like, hopefully will continue to really, um, respect like frontline, you know, frontline workers and hospitals and people who are, you know, bagging our groceries and stuff. Like, I think there's been a shift there, which will hopefully stick. Cause I mean, I, I don't think it is, um, going to stick for everybody, but I've always appreciated all those people anyway. So you either do, you don't maybe, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, uh, I I know that you've d- designed uh, several of your own uh, covers on, on your albums. Uh, uh, how how much say did, did you have in the in the cover of uh, this one? Uh, well, actually, only like I I painted the my first album cover and my second, and then after that, um, Danny did them or Matt Dunlap did them. Matt Dunlap did Love Inevitable, and um, uh, but this one. Um, I mean, it was all Danny. As I said, I got my photo taken, and it was like I was standing up in the bathroom or in the hallway or something, like, right before, like, having another baby. And we were just, like, um, talking about Bing Crosby and, and doing, like, a nod to Bing Crosby. And so, but, yeah, Danny did the art. One thing that I uh, that I wanted to ask you about that's that uh, you're, you're forever ingrained. I at... did paint the leaves, though, the leaves for the wreath. That's oh, okay. all me. <laughs> yeah, it took five minutes. You're uh, <laughs> you're forever ingrained in Canadian history because I know your song "Dreamer" um, is the theme song on Canada's longest running show ever, Heartland. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's aired fourteen seasons. I think it's going on to now. Um, mm. What what is it like being part of such an iconic piece of Canadiana? Um, it's really wonderful. I mean, I, I got the chance to meet a lot of those people, um, when I was in Calgary a couple of years ago. Um, and, um, yeah, they're all really sweet and it's like a really great team of people. And I'm just really happy for them that they have this, this, um, project that continues to grow. And I'm really, really happy to be part of it. You know, we're, this, this is obviously a, a Christmas album for forever on Christmas Eve. And, you know, you, you said you, you picked, um, 
you know, songs that, that you and Danny liked. Would you say you have a, a, a favorite Christmas song that you either like to sing or that you like to listen to? I like to listen to Rita McNeil's um, Now That the Hole's Ring. So I don't know if you know who Rita McNeil is, yep. but she's classically loved. Yeah, she's from um, Cape Breton, Nova Scotia. And that song's amazing. There's incredible production on it. It did not go with the vibe of our Christmas record. And also, I just feel like she just did such a, it's just a cool, such a cool, a cool, um, the sound of it is amazing. And I, yeah, I didn't want to, didn't want to step on Rita's heels. That's that's so, a, that's a true Atlantic Canadian yeah, answer. Cool <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Halifax, Nova Scotia, Cape Breton, Atlantic Canada has very much, I think, a distinct musical and and cultural identity compared to to the rest of the country. How 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 would you describe what the sort of what the artistic sensibility is as of of that part of the country? Um, I don't know. I think there's just like a bit of a kind of grassroots feeling of, of, you know, kind of people who are grow up like just living by the ocean and like gathering in fa- with families and a lot of just like salt of the earth type of people. And I think that, you know, music is just like a, a language that is really um, often shared like late at night and and um, a way to celebrate and a way to grieve together and a way to bond and and um, this in this part of the world it's just been a really big part of our our culture and and um, and yeah it's a really really beautiful thing. Now, what is your favorite holiday or Christmas themed movie? Um, I'm gonna go with Elf, which is on at our house right now. <sighs> As we like package up little packages for people that they've ordered, and she's like an elf workshop in my home while we watch elf. Classic, classic, classic. Uh, do you have mm-hmm. do you have do you have a, a a favorite scene or a favorite part of 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 elf? Um, I kind of like when she's like in the shower singing, and then he like walks in and he's like singing with her. There's a lot of there's a lot of great parts. A lot of great parts in that movie, but yeah. um. You know, yeah, we have a whole collection. We we watch Christmas movies all month. <laughs> you know, speaking of Elf, Zoe Deschanel is someone that we've seen do a lot of crossover between, uh, you know, uh, music and film. And I know you're working on a uh, on a Christmas special. Is is film is is acting something you've thought about exploring more? Yeah, I'm super into that idea, and I'm just trying to kind of create some stuff on my own and see where it goes. Um, my brother is really, really deep into the movie world. He's a cinematographer, and um, and um, yeah, I don't know. I I would love that. Well, uh, Jen Grant's new album is Forever on Christmas Eve, uh, and it is out now. Jen Grant, thanks so much for, for taking 20 minutes out of your day today. You are welcome. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, stay safe over there in Halifax. Yeah, you too. Alrighty. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. And that was my conversation with singer-songwriter Jen Grant. Her new Christmas album, Forever on Christmas Eve, is out now. That does it for me today. I'll have more interviews from the Whistler Film Festival next week, including... Julia Sarah Stone, Sophie Harvey, Casey Novak, Kenny Liu, and Remy Girard. Be sure to subscribe to Endeavors on Spotify, Apple, Google, Deezer, Radio Public, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be sending more interviews soon over to my friends at Mnet Radio Mission. You can follow me on social media at Endeavors Radio, and you can visit me on the web at EndeavorsRadio.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Artists like to have a lot of sex. <laughs> <laughs>